and welcome back to the Everything Must Go podcast. I'm Brandon, and with me, as always, is Stephen, discussing the concept of finding your independence. First, we'll lay the groundwork for how we developed our own independence, and if this was something that has come natural or something we really had to work on. Next, we'll look at how to balance relationships with others while maintaining your independence, and take a quick break from the topic of the day. To wrap it all up, we'll discuss the adversity we might face while trying to do things on our own, and... Guys, we got a special, special guest here today coming out of the great state of California, specifically the wonderful sunny city of San Diego, much in juxtaposition to the shit show we have here in Chicago and Minnesota. Hello, everyone. This is Stephanie Telly, YouTuber, personality, and general, I think general good person, I'd say. <laughs> Pretty funny. We'll give it to her. <laughs> Thanks for joining. Yeah, thank you guys so much. I'm super pumped to be here. Thank you for having me on the sh- on the show. Oh hell yeah! Honor. We're, oh, hundred P. We're pumped as well. <laughs> so let's uh, get right into the action. So I would say, just off of first judgments, the three of us seem to be pretty independent in terms of our lifestyle. I'm curious if this is how you guys always were, or if it's something that you came to value over time. Do you guys want to go first, Stephen? You first. Um. Definitely. I would not consider myself independent for a big part of my life. In fact, part of the reason why I moved away when I was 19, because of that exact flaw that I saw within myself, I was very much dependent on um, other people and, and my friends growing up and relationships. And pretty much I never felt like I was an independent person. I thought it was a flaw within myself and I moved to Tennessee and then I moved to Chicago later on and I kind of, have made it a conscious effort because I felt like it was a weakness and the only way that I felt I could get over it was by putting myself into a different environment. How about you, Steph? Um, to be completely honest, I feel like I've always been pretty independent, but I think that stems a lot from, you know, I had a single parent, like my mom was a single mother since I can remember. Saw her. Her, and like the first thing that she told me was never depend on anyone else always depend on yourself because nobody's gonna have your back as much as you do and I've seen her get screwed over like a lot in life like whatever whoever friends even so I think have made me realize that I need to really just like be there for me I started working when I was like 14 um and haven't haven't stopped what about you Brandon yeah I I think that I always had the personality to be independent but one thing that I actually struggled with growing up was I I think that I had somewhat of a fear of authority or like I respected authority so much that I was afraid to venture out on my own sometimes uh you know whether that be my uh caregiver so my mom or my dad or even uh you know like teachers and stuff, I I really didn't like to do things that might be considered wrong or do on my own. So sometimes I think I got caught up in these phases of doing what these authority figures thought were best for me rather than what I thought was best for me. But I think underlying within all that was a, a tendency to want to be independent. I mean, even I remember in high school when I was dealing with this uh, struggle with uh, you know, abiding by authority, I would still do a lot of my stuff on my own. I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't codependent of a relationship. I mean, I had a relationship, but it wasn't a, a codependent thing. And, you know, I didn't need people's help to accomplish the stuff that I wanted to accomplish. I could do things on my own, but it wasn't till 
I honestly, it wasn't until I lived on my own for the first time in Nashville that I think I really kind of hit my stride as feeling okay, being completely independent. Do you guys think that because, I mean, it seems like we're pretty independent as of right now. Do you find it difficult at times when on someone else to get something done? Like I definitely do. Like when I had a, you know, my roommate, I live alone by myself now, but frustrated me that I had to like depend on her to like pay my bills oh yeah I'm um I'm definitely like not a control freak in the sense of where I tell people how they have to live their lives but I very much am all about having full control over my own destiny and if I feel like that someone is in the way of me getting to where I want to go and doing the things that I want to do I get extremely frustrated and that makes it sometimes difficult for me to live with people or difficult for me to spend time with people who I feel like are not in alignment with me. So yeah, I, I fully feel that way. Yeah. yeah. I, where I see this happen most and something that I have tried to balance is I think in a lot of times in relationships, like specifically romantic partners, if you're trying to kind of develop a life together and you have this whole other person that has a different personality than you, a lot of times, I mean, my, in my most serious relationship, I could see a lot of times when I was just like, hey, this isn't the way that we should be operating. And like, I cared about them enough to sacrifice what I wanted a lot of times. But then I found myself in this place of I've completely lost my flow, my independence and stuff, and I need to get this back. And and then I started to see the, the relationship crumbling. And um so that is a difficult thing. And I, I want to kind of follow up on this because I know for me being a creator, like a, a musician and stuff, I have a really hard time letting anyone be part of my writing process. Do you guys find it hard? I mean, Steph, I'll throw it to you first. Do you find it hard thinking of letting anybody else be part of your YouTube videos or the editing process? I think I've heard you talk about that before that you're kind of afraid to let that happen. Yeah, I mean, as far as like, someone being in it that doesn't bother me so much but as far as editing i think i just have like my own style and how i want the end result to be and i don't know that i could fully trust somebody else to do that and if i could i just it's a me issue like i need to be able to trust people more because i feel like oh i could probably have done that better you know but to be fair i've never actually had someone else edit my stuff so well Let's, I mean, let's look down the road five, 10 years. Let's say that YouTube really takes off for you that, you, you know, you, maybe any goal that you thought you could picture for YouTube ends up, you know, tenfold coming true. Could you see a point where maybe you have your hand in so many pots, maybe you have a merch line that you want to control and stuff. How do you see yourself delegating those roles? Would you want to handle all of it? Or can you see yourself letting go of the reins a little bit? At that point, I feel like you. I would have to because I wouldn't have enough time to do all of it, you know? Mm-hmm. All that bill, <laughs> you know? It's going to be some, you know, pick the lesser of two either. It's going to be someone handling the merch or someone handling the editing. I mean, I've, I'm nowhere near that, so that hasn't even, like, crossed my mind. But as far as editing right now, I would not trust somebody else. What about you guys? <laughs> I, know, I know what Brandon's going to say about this because – uh, I've talked to him about it before, but uh, yeah, I'm very, I'd have a very difficult time working with people on things because 
I almost never find anyone who's as dedicated as me to the things that I do. And as I've said, like the kind of controlling aspect of me is I want everyone to care about the things that I care about as much as me. And they like never do for the most part, which is why Brandon is a super unique case in my life because he's the only person that I really trust working on a creative project with, because I actually know that he'll stay up to make sure these podcast episodes get done. So it is really difficult to take any sort of compromise with something that you create. Like I'm all about compromising within a relationship with a person, but when it comes to a business or a creative project, it gets a lot more difficult to make those types of compromises because it feels like it takes away from your vision on it. And I just want full control over the project. And like, it's the whole like wanting full control over your destiny type of thing. Yeah. That's an interesting perspective to think about willing to compromise in a relationship, but not in a, a business venture or your creation. You'd think, I don't know if it's right. I don't (laughs) know. No, I don't know if that's right, but that's how I feel. I just think it's an interesting way to, to look at it. So, I, I mean, I think, I think, you know, at, at face value, I, I, it makes sense, but it's just, just kind of hearing it out loud is like, Oh, interesting. Um, for me, yeah, Steven brought up a good point. Like him and I have kind of developed this relationship where we trust each other to care about this podcast enough to, we delegate different roles to each other. We, you know, we know each other's strengths and weaknesses and we trust each other to do the things that we each need to do. And it's funny because, as independent as I feel I am, I know growing up, I did want, I, I always, I don't know, I always felt like there was strength in numbers, in so to speak. And it might have been because some of my favorite creators were bands like The Fray and, and Keen and One Republic, these kind of places, or these kind of bands. And so I saw them and I was like, oh, I would love that to have a group of guys that all cared about music just as much as I did. And we all, you know, went on this journey together. And then I actually had a band and I realized that's not exactly (laughs) what ends up happening. So it is super rare to find somebody that you can trust that much because when it is your vision, when it is your baby that you create, uh, you want it to be perfect. You want it to be exactly what your, your vision kind of, um, came through in your own mind and anybody else's hands on that might um soil it so to speak so but we got that dream team though hell yeah. you dream team dream team i, I want to touch on that a little bit but i think it's really that's one of the awesome things about like podcasts and youtube is that you can do it by yourself and it can be your own project unless you want to collab with someone else so how did you guys reach that like balance like i, I think brandon you you edit the podcasts right yeah, I edit the audio, and then Stephen kind of runs our social media. Come up with that balance. Like, Stephen, how did you know that you could trust Brandon to edit? And Brandon, how did you know that you could trust Stephen to, like, handle the social media? So this is kind of a – I think this is actually kind of an easy question. Brandon and I kind of pride ourselves in being good communicators. So it's very important to us to um, – like, when we talked about doing the podcast in the first place, it was very important that we both – did it in a way that we felt was fair and we could maximize our strengths. And I knew that Brandon doing audio would be maximizing his strength. Brandon's not the biggest fan of social media, but I have no problem doing it. Like I enjoy doing it. Um, So we basically just kept going back and forth until we could come to an agreement on, okay, do you feel like this is good? And also we regularly 
we'll talk about if we feel that we're still in alignment on doing the right task. And then we're always trying to innovate and come up with new ideas. So I've never once felt like it would be diff- in, like I would I would never find it difficult to be like, yo, uh, I'm I'm working too hard. You need to step up or something like we would have no problem telling each other that type of thing. Yeah, we keep it real. And the other thing, too, is we also, I think, have similar skill sets, but different enough that we bring when it actually comes to the the podcast itself. I think, you know, like I write the scripts because I like the structure of it and I like thinking of the ideas beforehand, whereas I think Steven is a little better on his feet thinking of deep questions that might come just come to mind. And that I think that a lot of that comes from his like TV reporting days and interviewing days that that kind of stuff was a skill set he had to develop. And so we bring things different to the table. But that kind of makes me curious with you, Steph, does that does this idea, this like partnership, does that ever cross your mind like you would like to have not necessarily a co-host but somebody that creatively you can create uh creatively you can create stuff with <laughs> absolutely freaking not no <laughs> i don't well, it depends. so like here's the thing is for me you guys know like all my stuff it's like not really censored like you have to really be be comfortable with like just being yourself and i don't know that there are that many people and also have, like you were saying, the commitment, the time to do it. The time, I think, is like, I wouldn't have a problem having someone join me. But if they're not going to be as committed to it, which I don't think, men, like like you said, it's rare. I yeah. don't think that's common. So scenario, I would maybe collab. But also having my schedule depend on someone else's schedule is something, like, that's a control issue, I think, that for me, I would not be able to handle, at least right now. Maybe in the future, but probably not now. Um, so I want to ask another question for us, because uh, we, we've, in previous live streams and just conversations with each other, we've talked about how people can judge uh, a book by its cover um, at times. So I'm wondering, being independent people, are there any misconceptions that people will have of you based on your tendency to be independent? Oh, I think that's a really tough question. I mean... I think really people really think of me as independent like maybe my like youtube people like you guys might and then like people who follow me on youtube or instagram but my friend friends might not think about it because i don't really talk about it like i don't talk about how i grew up i don't talk about you know that my lease and like i was like i don't talk about those types of things so i don't think that people really think about it like we don't you know, at least my friend, friend, friends, close friends, they don't really know about that side of me. Well, let me ask you. So your dynamic with your friends, are there ever times when you're just like, maybe they want to hang out or go out or something? You're just like, no, I need to do my own thing tonight. I think as of recently with the YouTube thing, because I'm trying to stick with the schedule. Yeah. But other than that, you know, like my nine to five, most of my friends have a nine to five. So whenever we wanted to hang out, we would just hang out. But now that I'm doing the YouTube stuff it's like hey sorry i gotta post this tonight or sorry i gotta do this and i think you know like like i like you guys were saying i don't think they take it as seriously as i want to it's just Mm -hmm. i want to be consistent with it yeah that makes sense yeah i I can i can relate to the the friends aspect i mean that that's gonna that's gonna happen when people don't understand why you're dedicated to things sometimes so they're just 
people will get frustrated after a while. Um, yeah. The ones that who aren't, the ones especially who like don't get it. Um, but then sometimes I wonder, are those my real friends if they don't get it? So I, I don't know. It's kind of a balancing thing. But I guess the bigger part of the question of the misconceptions, I think one misconception is that people think that I've always just been independent, which, as I stated earlier, is definitely not true. Which makes me realize that it is a, it is a learn, it can be a learned skill which I don't think that people probably um, think about. And I also think that it's also a product of environment that people sometimes are forced to be more independent. So um, I don't know. Those are, those are a couple of the misconceptions. And then I think that maybe if you are independent, sometimes people think that you just like love being by yourself or something. Like I honestly, I don't <laughs> like I, I, I do, but I definitely don't like it's rare to just see me, like get on a bike and just start riding around the city by myself, just hanging out. Like I genuinely like to hang out with people if I can, because I live by myself and I do all my creative projects by myself, except for the podcast for the most part. So I do like to hang out with humans. Like I like to be social. So that's where you and I have a little bit of a disconnect. Not that I don't like to be social. I think I'm a very social person, but like I'll go to movies by myself. I'll, you know, I'll, I'm totally fine living where I live right now where I don't really have any friends out here and feeling okay. Um, the, the one misconception I can say about this is with my independence, sometimes it can turn into isolation, which isn't healthy. And, and then that causes the misconception that I don't care about people that I really do care about in my life. For instance, when I was living in Nashville, uh, I was kind of going through some shit and I just kind of wanted to buckle down and get my act back together. And during that process, I kind of, not that I was ignoring my family, but I, I went through some somewhat of a phase where I just, I was so locked into to my, my, my stuff that I wasn't really talking to anybody. And my family really felt hurt by that. They felt like I stopped caring about them, that they weren't a priority to me. And that's so far from the truth. Uh, but it's something that I've had to work on to, to recognize that even though I might be independent and handling this stuff on my own, I still need to make an effort to keep the people that I love and care about in my life. Even if it's not necessarily convenient or it might distract me for a second, I think it's important for those bonds to every once in a while kind of have a check-in. And that's something that I've had to work on. But that misconception that comes with the struggle before was that, oh, this guy just doesn't give a shit about us because he's off doing his own thing. And that's tough. I want to, I want to add one thing to that while I'm thinking about it. Cause I know I'll definitely forget. <laughs> so what the, you, the second part of the question, are there any areas where you feel less inclined to be independent? I do think that it is important to still make time for other people and to not always say that you're busy and not always be consumed by things. Like I think sometimes getting, too, too, um, almost selfish can be a bad thing, I guess could be a negative in that situation. What you guys were talking about, like feeling like other people feel like they don't matter to you. Tell them that like you have other things going on. Like, I hope you understand. Did they just not understand or did you just not say anything? And that was the assumption that they came up with. Um, no, I had, for me, I had multiple conversations with my family. It was, 
I mean, my situation was a little unique because I'm the oldest in my family. My parents had me when they were 16. So everything that they're experiencing with me is the first time they're experiencing it. And they lived in Minnesota when I was living in Nashville, Tennessee. So me not talking to them for like a week or two weeks or something because I'm focusing on my stuff felt like a dagger to them because I was living so far away. They had no idea what was going on with me. And it was the first time that they were separated from one of their children. (laughs) So no matter how I would try to justify it or I would explain it, um, it it just didn't, it didn't really ring home for them. And it took a lot of rebuilding in that relationship to, to prove to them that, Hey, this, this wasn't actual, actually what's going on. It's just, I was focusing on myself. I just needed some time to, to get this stuff under wraps or taken care of. And, and then you would get a little more time out of me or something. Steph, I have a question for you uh, around this. Like when you moved out to San Diego, that was obviously like a pretty independent decision, obviously to be away from where you grew up. What, what was the response to your friends and family? And did they, did you get any, you're being selfish or any, like, did you think this through or what was the general feeling around that move? My mom begged me not to go, but everyone else was just like, yeah, that's awesome. Like do it. I hope you're happy there. And I mean, of course there are some friends that are just like big move, but I knew it was just one of those things that I came here and I literally was like, I don't know how anyone who's ever been here doesn't want to live here. Oh, how anyone who's ever been here doesn't want to live here. Like, and I thought that the first day, I thought that the second day, I thought that the second time I came, the third time I came until finally I was like, I, I pulled the trigger. Wait, okay. So Steven, you moved. Did, did you get, what was your feedback? And then Brandon, you moved, you're by yourself too, right? Yep. That scenario. Um, so my scenario is I'm one of the only people in my family ever to move out of Ohio. <laughs> I'm like one of the only people who ever like, my family is pretty close knit um, and they all like, they, we definitely kept like a lot of the Italian culture of just like all about family. Everyone lived close to each other, like cousins hung out with cousins and stuff like that. So I, me moving away was, I did it when I was 19 and moved to Tennessee. And then pretty much ever since then, I not lived in Ohio for the most part and just kind of moved around. Um, it was not something that I got, I got support on it. Like people were happy for me to do it, but I would be lying if I said that people don't almost weekly tell me to move back between my Mm -hmm. friends and my family. Like it's what I do is considered very different and outside of the norm, but I kind of felt like I wanted to do something different in the family. Like I wanted to be the person to kind of push outside of the box and I was willing to be independent and deal with the some of the ridicule behind it because I thought in the end I could make more out of my life and do more with it. Um, but no, it was, uh, it's still hard. Like honestly, the last month or so it's been kind of tough for me whenever it's, uh, it's been several months since I've seen my family or my friends from back home. A lot of them stayed. It it's like, it's pretty tough. I have not gotten, I always get support, but it's not the kind of support that I need all the time. Like it's, Did you it's guys notice? Sorry to interrupt, but did you guys notice that, like, any fake friends? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, hell yeah. 
shocking thing to me was I was like, dude, this person hung out with me every single weekend. I moved. They didn't ask me once how I was doing. And like that, that to me was so shocking. But I think that was such a positive from moving. Like such a positive. You realize who really cares about you. Yeah. So you don't really know my background, Steph, but I learned this very quick because when I was in high school, my family actually decided to move away from Minnesota to Tennessee. And then uh, we lived in Tennessee for two years and then we moved back to Minnesota and lived there for two more years. And then we moved back to Tennessee again. So, and then I lived on my own in Tennessee. So I've actually lost a lot of friends over the years through this moving back and forth and a lot of people uh, and I've talked to Steven about this a lot because of the experience I've had with it even my family members you know they would always they would always make comments and stuff about oh wait when are you guys gonna come come see us next and it's like and they would they would say that they care and all this stuff and it's like you know you guys can come visit us as well <laughs> but it's <laughs> like, started on that. yeah <laughs> Uh, but that never happened. It, it always seemed like the the relationship was a one way street. It was, you have to do for us. You have to come to us. You have to do, you know. So I lost a lot of friends through that. And then, uh, similarly to what you went through, where, you know, you used to be best buds with somebody, and then you leave. You never talk to them. Then maybe you're, you know, in my case, I was end up moving back. So when I'd move back, then it was, oh yeah, we'll be best buds again. But it's like where were you the last two years, you know? Um, and, uh, I forgot what the original question was. What was, Oh, just, uh, did you notice people like fake friends? Yeah. Yeah. So that was a, that was something I learned pretty quickly. And, Oh, and I think also you had asked, um, what was the response for Steven and I moving away from home? So, um, the first time that I lived on my own away from my parents, um, basically something happened in my family where my family was forced to move up to Minnesota and I was pursuing music as a career and I don't, I didn't feel like I was ready to leave Nashville because Nashville was this, the idea of Nashville was it's the central hub for a lot of musicians where they get their start. So they left, I became the general manager of a Jimmy John's, and then I was staying in Nashville to pursue music. And uh, my parents understood it, so that part wasn't hard, but it was super hard for me because I had never lived on my own before. And I also felt guilty because they were up in Minnesota kind of dealing with this family issue, and I felt selfish for like pursuing my dream. So I kind of was battled with that and, and they tried to like reassure me that it's okay and, you know, stuff like that, but it it just wasn't an easy process. But now, so then I ended up moving back to Minnesota and uh, when I moved back to Minnesota, I got in a pretty serious relationship and I moved out of my parents' house with my girlfriend. Then we broke up and I was living on my own. And then I moved out here to Rochester, which is about two hours away from my parents now. And, um, the, I, (laughs) on my birthday this year, my dad said, I've been thinking (laughs) when you're done with school, I think you should move back home. (laughs) That is, 
That's so so classic dad. Classic Such dad. Such a classic dad move. My dad pulls that on me all the time. I mean, he's got good reasons behind it. Obviously, I love my family, and I have three younger sisters, so being around them is, is important to me. But it's also it's kind of finding that balance of do I want to kind of settle down in a place close to them, or do I do I are, is there another place in my life that I feel like gives me the best opportunity to pursue the things I'm passionate about and and want to do and i feel like as of right now i'm not sure that minnesota is the place for that so we'll see but i mean anytime you move away from your home i think you're going to get some pushback from the people that truly do love you and care about you i was going to say that it's so funny that you said that because they cared about me didn't want me to go people that were like my quote unquote friends were like, yeah, you should go. And then like next week hit me up like, Hey, when I can visit, when can I come visit? You know? And it's just like, bro, I'm not even moved in yet. Like, <laughs> give me a up unless it was to come visit, you know, I don't know. Just like shady. You realize when you move away, I think like you made this videos about this, Steven, um, about moving away and how people should do it. I think it's huge as far as like realizing who really cares about you. And then you can also notice when you make new friends who's genuinely there and who's gen- who's not. You I know? mean, the best example of this, I swear, is Brandon. Like, I, I, I could use Brandon as a prime example of this because if I 100%, I was a kid in high school who I had a very close-knit group of friends. Like, people would know, like, my group that we would all hang out together. And when I moved away, the dynamic of that group changed. People's perceptions of me, I started to see, like, what did they actually view me as? Who was I actually close to in the group? But then I meet someone like Brandon, who's sort of a testament to actually like a real friend in which I met Brandon in just one random class in college. That's it. But we've managed to stay friends for what, seven years now, eight years now, mm-hmm. just because we both valued what, like basically Brandon saw what I wanted to accomplish. I saw what Brandon wanted to accomplish and it just, I knew Brandon was my actual friend. Like we still hang out. We still, we still talk to each other. And that's when, that's why you do find out who your real friends are. Exactly. Yeah. You find out who your real friends are in the process. Yep. Awesome. So, I mean, we kind of been talking about this. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was saying, I feel like we asked like 50 million questions that were not on the list. (laughs) No, No, that's good though. (laughs) That's really good. Yeah. So I, we've kind of been touching on this. I mean, it's a good segue into the next thing is how do you balance the desire to be an independent person with other relationships, whether it's romantic, whether it's business, whether it's just standard friendships, how do you balance, Hey, I need to have my own thing. I need to do my own thing with, Hey, let's, let's hang out or Hey, let's do this together. Whatever. As far as my friends desire to be independent is, that comes first. Um, as far as family, uh, significant others, I come first. So, I mean, that's if I have to choose, you know, like I would like to balance it better. A lot of people are very selfish and unless you're like my very, very good friend, then I'm probably not going to put you first unless like you are going through like something really, really bad. Like if you, like I've gotten a lot of crap for not being able to go out on like someone's birthday weekend, but I went on on like their actual birthday and they're like, Oh, you didn't come out for my birthday. I'm like, are you serious? 
had to meet somebody for to do this like and it was like not youtube related like life related you know like I've, that's actually happened so as far as significant others and i think this is a big one i have changed in that aspect i used to put them first and there are so many things in my life that i didn't do so i've changed that however i'm not saying that's right or wrong that's just me personally what basically about you guys? make sure that steph doesn't pump her own gas <laughs> <laughs> you're my boyfriend you better not let me pump my own gas so you're canceled <laughs> wait are you guys going to answer this question is just me no <laughs> I, I mean i'm definitely going to answer this question because what you just i mean i'll start with how you ended it about the relationship part of it because i actually kind of feel like in a way that the podcast is the embodiment of that concept even like the title of the podcast is essentially except um, where we pretty Everything much, we pretty much both felt like we invested too much in relationships in the past to the point where it, it was, it detracted from us actually finding who we were and, and for us reaching our full potential. And the podcast was definitely like a good, a good outlet for us to be like, all right, let's focus on actual other things because we both were single at that point. We were just like, let's, uh, actually, I guess technically when we started the podcast, I wasn't single, but I was like single right after the podcast. <laughs> the podcast ruined the relationship. <laughs> it didn't actually, it didn't actually. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, but basically the, I think Brandon and I both change in that sense where we are very much more focused on ourselves because I think in the perfect world for all relationships in your life, you want to know who you are, know what's actually important for you. And then all the other relationships should sort of just be like the missing pieces of the puzzle. So everything else is figured out. And then the other pieces of the puzzle are just like, like nice additions because at the end of the day, you really should never be dependent on anyone else because then that they have control over your happiness. So if you have everything in order, then everything else fits in so much better. And I feel like that's been something that's been a huge difference maker for me. I know personally speaking, I am completely different now than I was even one year ago. And it's come as a result of just like really honing in on that was to uh, get myself in order. For me, I think uh, I go through different phases. And I think a lot of times it's contextual. Steven has always said that he respects me because I'm pretty good at telling people no in order to like do my own thing. But there are times when I'm horrible at it. Like for instance, when I was going to be moving to Rochester, uh, uh, one of my really, really close friends, he was getting married. I was his best man in his wedding. And I, for whatever, I, I don't even know why, but I felt guilty for... I don't know. We had just kind of started growing our friendship again and I was now, now leaving to Rochester away from him. And so I like had something, uh, internally that told me that I needed to give him as much of my time as possible, but like the world doesn't stop spinning. It's not like I can just put everything else on pause and give it all to him. And that's something that I, have always kind of struggled with in, in relationships that super like that matter to me a ton. And especially if the context is a certain, in a certain place, a lot of times I will put this person ahead of 
anything and everything. Um, and it's just, I don't know. I don't know if it's, I feel this obligation to do it or what, but when I'm actually at my equilibrium, I feel like I do a pretty decent job of being like, you know, Hey, this weekend is a, is an important weekend for me to go home and spend time with my family. Oh, or Hey, this is an important weekend for me to hang out with my friends. They're wanting to hang out. Let's do this. Or, you know what, actually I got a lot of shit to do. Sorry guys, I'm not going to be able to make it out this time. That's that's when I'm at like my equilibrium, but any when there are s- certain situations, different contexts, I I think I can take it a little too far sometimes. So I feel like we've all been there, you know. It's it's hard to balance. Yeah. Absolutely. Sure. I I'm curious cuz we've kind of started I mean each of us is a content creator in some way shape or form. And Stephen and I obviously really support each other on our separate ventures. But now, since we've met you, Steph, we've been pretty pumped about your YouTube content. And the three of us have had a conversation about business and all this stuff. So I'm just curious, based off of our conversations, do you think you thrive in groups with like multiple people trying to support each other? Or do you think you'd prefer to, to do all of that stuff alone? I mean, for sure, with a group that's trying to support each other because, you know, multiple minds are better than one. I, I don't know what I don't know. And I, you guys know. I bounce ideas off of you. Like, what do you think about this? And then, you know, vice versa. I just think it's collaboration is the best. It's the most efficient way to get anything done. And then also, it makes it more fun. Like, you built friendships through this. Like I, like, I feel like, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, like, kick me out the podcast, but I'm like, I feel like you guys are, like, my friends. No, are you met. fucking kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yes, we are. We're our friends. <laughs> I feel, I feel like Mario Kart cemented for me. <laughs> Getting my ass kicked in Mario Kart. It's really depressing. Yeah, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good at Mario Kart. <laughs> when, when I taught you how to use Dropbox on your phone, that's what that's what did it for me. That changed my life. That <laughs> was right before we started recording. Changed my life because right before this, I had uploaded a video and I didn't know. I'm like very new to this. I didn't know how to upload a video with good quality from my computer, so I just like filmed. <laughs> I filmed my video from my computer. So it was like my iPhone recording my computer screen. And it was so glitchy, but like that's how I knew how to do it. So, you know, that's how you do it. Brandon's like, <laughs> so he shows me how to do this Dropbox thing. By the way, eternally grateful. That like changed my life. <laughs> it's, a, it's a definite game changer. Because they're thanking you, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. What What about you, Steven? How, how do you feel about uh, like the, a, a group mentality versus kind of doing things on your own? I like, I, I think it's extremely hard for me to actually find people who I would want to be in the group with because I am so critical and also like, I want it to be genuine. I don't want people to just be like, oh yeah, like you're so great or this or that, but it's not actually helpful or actually genuine, but oh, I'm all about it. I've always wanted to be a part of a, cause I, I'll say this, my like friend group growing up, they like there were some creatives in it but i wouldn't say it was more like play sports and like joke around kind of friends um so i've always wanted to be a part of some sort of a creative group and have some support because i do think that it was something that i struggled with in the past trying to make decisions and try to 
create things because I just had no one to ever bounce ideas off of or I didn't have like a good support group in that aspect of my life. So I'm all about it. And as I move forward uh, and doing these kind of things, like, you know, I get a lot of the same people who support my stuff and I like supporting their stuff. And I do notice that it has been helping me. Yeah. Well, that was, a th- that was what I was kind of talking about earlier was growing up, especially into bands like the fray and stuff, like this, this concept of having a group of people that all cared about something so it was so much a part of their heart and soul like that that seemed incredible to me now i felt like i started to kind of have that but then in my band my drummer started his own like drum core thing that he had to focus on so that he you know he could barely even make it to rehearsals my guitar player just kind of wasn't a he was just kind of a guy that showed up and did his work you know he wasn't a guy that was going to work real hard off of the stage Um, and so it was kind of, I kind of felt on an Island with that. So for me, I always kind of dreamed of having that, that, that kind of community aspect, these people that all kind of care. It doesn't even need to be the same project. Like, I think it's really cool. I wouldn't trade it for the world. Having people like you guys who have different ventures that you're going through, but we can kind of talk, bounce ideas off of each other, talk about, you know, where we kind of see adversity because we each have different perspectives and, you know, learning or just seeing things in a different way than I might be able to look at things myself. Because I, I was telling Stephen the other day, if I was doing any of this stuff on my own, I probably would have deleted my social media accounts by now. If it wasn't for oh, Stephen, I, I'm not a fan of social media. Like I have a really hard time with feeling justified with sharing things in my life and, and that kind of stuff. And, and so, you know, a lot of, a lot of it feels disingenuine sometimes. And so having Steven to, to kind of be like, take away the power of it and talk to me about, Hey, in, in a pursuit in which, you know, you want people to find your music, you want people to find our podcast and you're not going to always be able to get everything the way that you want it in this pursuit. That was a huge hurdle for me to get over. And I wouldn't have had that without this kind of support team. So I do think that if you can find it, it's so, so valuable, but I do think that it's tough. I mean, Steven and I didn't meet each other till we were 19 and we didn't start working on a project together till like six, seven years later. So it's, it's tough to find and, and who knows what might've changed if different things had happened in our life and, and all that stuff. But yeah, I, I love that community aspect. Well, I feel like you guys have the perfect balance, to be completely honest. It's literally the perfect balance. And also, by the way, Brandon, this is totally off topic, but I have watched your videos. And I'm just like, how have you not been discovered yet? Like, how has this not happened yet? Like, I know people that have started on YouTube and, like, they're huge now. And I won't go into, like, names or whatever. But you did, but, like. I don't know how you have been discovered. Like, I don't know if it's the tags or whatever, but you could like sky even <laughs> like, I mean, not to put us like on a lower level, but we are like personality, whatever. We don't have like an actual like talent talent. You have a talent, like you can sing and that's not easy. Well, thank you. I've been telling this guy this for years. Like, at, He's one of those guys that we've, we've talked about this before, but Brandon says when people say, or when he tells people, you know, I'm a musician, people just think like, 
I don't know. I, oh, you can play the guitar and sing a song or play the piano and sing a song. But Brandon's actually like really, really good at music. And mm-hmm. I've always been like, dude, just keep you know, pushing. No, but I'm really you should say like you should say, no, I'm actually good. <laughs> like, I'm not. Just- <laughs> yeah. You know just, be, just be super cocky, but it's cool. <laughs> That's what I do. I'm just like, yeah, my friend's the best musician of all time. To be at this point, because like the level of skill that you have, like it's it should have been like a long time ago. Well, I actually, I don't know if you knew this story, but I did get offered a uh, record contract by the same record label that Rebecca Black, who sang Friday. Label <laughs> is, <laughs> but still, why did you not take it? Uh, because they were gonna write my songs for me. I was never gonna take that. You would have had me coming out with the song Sunday. <laughs> that would have been so your battles brandon how long is the contract for uh it was an ep contract so like so i would basically they would i would get studio time they would write songs for me i'd get a music video and they'd release an ep for me which is like five six five or six songs uh and then they we would kind of go from there but no no this isn't (laughs) (laughs) this was not a good idea i part of my art is I need to write my music. I respect. I respect that fully. So that, Brandon, that, I respect the shit out of you, Brandon. Thanks, man. I always will, no matter what you do. Have my back, because because Steph's coming at me right now. <laughs> I'm just saying, just but like I respect it. I do. I, I do respect it because, like you were saying, that's one of the things that writing your own music because a lot of people just have the voice and can't write. You're like a things, and most people don't have both. Well, you're like you. the LeBron James of music. <laughs> LeBron James. <laughs> um, anything else that we want to say about kind of a group that supports each other? Otherwise, I'm thinking maybe we take a little break from the the topic and fill people in right. on our lives. Break time. All Unless right. you guys have. Uh, I'm all about break time. Break time. <laughs> hey there, folks. This was another one of our extended episodes. Part two will be coming out tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Everything Must Go podcast. If you'd like to leave a message for us to play on air on our next podcast episode, call us at 513-427-EMG5 or send us an email, emgpod at gmail.com. As always, you can find us at our social media tags, emgpod. That's at Instagram and Twitter. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Take it easy. Oh,